0: Hello, 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 and welcome, Sacred Bombshell Tribe. It's me, your sister, Aviola Abrams, the midwife for your inspired life, from sacredbombshell.com and Sacred Business Academy. Welcome to Spiritpreneur School, where spirited entrepreneurs get their mojo. This is a really, really exciting session that we have planned. And first I'm going to tell you about our sponsor. Today's Spiritpreneur School is sponsored by Take the, Lead, take the Lead prepares, develops, inspires, and propels women to take their fair and equal share of leadership positions across all sectors. It's today's women's movement, a unique catalyst for women to embrace power. Take The Lead was founded by Gloria Felt. Find our Spiritpreneur School Dialogue with Gloria in our archives at sacredbombshell.com or spiritpreneur.net. And now let's say hello to this beautiful creature who is here with us. Allow me to introduce Bex Burton, a.k.a. The Bex. Hello, Bex. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me here today. Oh, thank you so much for being here and sharing your time and your knowledge and your Bexiosity. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's, it's a pleasure. You're, you're just so wonderful. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thank you, sis. Okay, so let me tell the people all about you. We've got Sacred Bombshell Tribe meeting Bexico today. It's true. So, <laughs> Bex Burton is a certified Pilates trainer hoop revolution and Hoop Nautica certified teacher Thai body worker and a professional anatomy geek she has a 33 year dance background I don't know how because you don't even look 33 years old and she has been teaching movement professionally since 2003 she's taught classes in ballet modern dance spinning cardio and strength training, hoop dance, Pilates mat and her specialty rehabilitative private Pilates on the equipment. In 2014 Bex relocated her New York City based business, we miss you Bex already, sense of motion to Boulder, Colorado where she offers joyful movement, preventative wellness and education services both locally and nationally. She also has an exciting new direction that she's going in with and she's got some special knowledge in that area. We'll be telling you about that as we go on. And I just want you to know that Bex is the real deal. Her hoop dance has been featured in the New York Times, Shape, numerous blogs, all across the universe, the multiverse as we like to say. So Bex, that's who your bio says that you are, quite impressive. Tell us who is Bex, where is Bexico? Tell us all about you personally and professionally.
1: Oh, well, Bex, I am the queen and the president of Bexico. Um, and, and Mexico is really, um, well, literally, it's a three-foot radius of me. So. <laughs> but um, right. broadly, it's, um, it's my community of, of women and men that are interested in joyful wellness, the people who are, they want to be healthy, they want to lead healthy lives, but they want to have fun doing it, too. So um, anybody who partakes in my products or services or anybody who's really interested in the idea of joyful wellness, that are, those are Mexicans and those are the people that, um, that I just love working with and, and teaching and changing their lives.
0: Beautiful. Well, I consider myself to be a new citizen of Mexico. You should make passports and the whole thing, Bex. We need, we need stuff. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay, good. (laughs) Well, everything that you're doing just looks like so much fun. I considered myself to be a minor hula hoop champ when I was a kid. I wasn't anything close to you, but I, I could do it on the waist, and the hands, and the neck, and everything like that. My sister is really good. When I let people know about this conversation, it was around the idea of you being a wellness guru who built a business on expert hooping, which is amazing. Tell us, you know, what was the most fun thing about building a business around hooping? Is this what you thought you'd be doing? Tell us more about that. Well, gosh. Um, you know, I, th- I think the bottom line really
1: is that the the most fun thing about it, not, not only the the practice of hula hooping is fun and dance, Um but for me, as the leader and the guide of that movement, the most fun thing for me is changing people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we can challenge ourselves in a number of different ways. And I, in, in my practice, giving people movement skills to challenge them is a really uh, incredible way for them to tap into their, their potential. Because if they can overcome movement challenges in their life, if they can pick up a hula hoop and try something new or something that they haven't done for 20 or 30 years and be able to overcome that initial hurdle and be able to hula hoop at the waist for a full minute I mean that's such a gratifying experience and for me the most fun part of all of that is sneaking in the bigger life metaphors and really equating movement challenges and movement success with our greater life challenges and the successes that we can achieve in our life. So for me as a, as a movement teacher, as the queen of Mexico, that is the most fun for me is is really just changing people's perspectives through movement.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Changing people's perspectives through movement. And I really want people to see what it is you do. I'm going to post the link after this conversation at Facebook.com slash Abiola TV so that you could just see the magic that this woman makes and the, the, the beauty that she brings to movement. Now, I recently emailed Sacred Bombshell Tribe Becks to ask them what their biggest challenges are that they face as spiritpreneurs. And for many, many, many members, it was self-doubt. Oh yeah. Did you face self doubt at all when you thought, okay, hooping, I want to bring this to the world in a bigger way? And if so, how do you deal with those inner bully voices? Oh sure. Um, I think I think
1: self doubt is a regular visitor at my door, <laughs> um, and I, I don't think I don't think of it as such a negative thing though. Um, I try to look at self doubt and and why it's showing up at my door, and and generally it's. Um, fear dressed up in a pretty coat of mm. self-doubt, and so I ask it to take off its coat, and then I and then I address it as fear, and or, or whatever the underlying issue is. Why is that self-doubt showing up? Um, and then I treat it like any other emotion. You know, I think that emotions are really important. I think they're important to recognize and honor, and and even talk to. One of my one of my former coaches taught me how to speak to my emotions like it were literally a visitor at my door. So I talk to my fear. I try to figure out what it wants from me. Why is it being so persistent? Why is it trying to get my attention? And, you know, a lot of times it's like, well, I don't want you to fail, or I don't want you to make a fool out of yourself. And and then, so then I start to get into the, well, what's the worst that can happen game? You know, if I do fail, what's the worst that I can happen? I can, I can show back up again the next day and try again. You know, but I, I try to talk to the self-doubt. I try to talk to the emotion. And I try to thank it for showing up and for, for showing me something or trying to bring something to my, to my attention. Even if it's irrational, you know, I, I say thank you. I appreciate that. I'll take that into consideration you can go now, and then I dismiss it. Um, I I, I try to let it go, and I try to keep on moving forward with whatever task that that self-doubt was trying to
0: keep me from. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that because I like people to have actionable things that they can do immediately and put into use right away and actually talking to your emotions in that way and saying thank you is one of the things that I share in the Sacred Bombshell Handbook of Self Love and I think that that's so important because we are so averse to feeling our feelings and your work is all about getting us into our body and really feeling our feelings. And when we don't feel and when we don't honor those emotions, whether they're
1: good or bad, they get trapped in our bodies. And then that results in a, a number of different uh, complications, including um, pain, disease, you know, and all, all sorts of other physical conditions because we're not honoring what's, what's actually going on in our, in our emotional system.
0: I'm so glad that you said that because people might look and see the beauty of what you're doing and think that it's a leisure thing or oh that's just fun or but this really is health and wellness and well-being it's really really critical to have to be able to have that relationship with your body definitely. It works on so many levels so many levels. So Bex is there a quote A key principle or a mantra as I like to call mantras that governs your life that you would like to share? Absolutely Um, I
1: I use this one interchangeably Uh, it was taught to me by a friend of mine several years ago when I was going through a financial financial struggle and it was money is coming from everywhere and I repeat that several times but the way that I interchange it um, actually is I just I substitute whatever I feel like I'm struggling with into that, that money portion. Money is coming from everywhere, works all the time. You know, you can use that every day. But if it's self-doubt, then I, I can say confidence is coming from everywhere. Confidence is coming from everywhere. And then I try to put that mantra into practice and up my, um, up my feelers and up my awareness to the confidence that's being displayed around me. Like, who around me is showing confidence? You know, and I try to recognize that, and then I remember that confidence is coming from, from everywhere.
0: I love that. Can we can we back? Let's let's repeat that five times. As yeah. you said, you like to do the re- repetition. I think is so important. Let's repeat the confidence is coming from everywhere since we've been talking about self doubt. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So wait, three, <laughs> two, one. Confidence okay. is coming from everywhere. Confidence, confidence is coming from coming, is coming, from, everywhere.
1: From,
0: everywhere. Is coming from, from everywhere confidence is coming from
1: everywhere
0: confidence is coming from everywhere confidence is coming from everywhere, from everywhere. yes Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That was very powerful. I actually I feel the shift. There actually was a perceptible shift in the energy with that. Thank you for that tool. And the money coming from everywhere I think is a really important one. Um, and Actually, I was going to ask this a little bit later on, but since you brought it up, let's talk about being a creative entrepreneur, a spiritpreneur as I like to call us. And the idea of money, you're an artist you know there's the in our society our culture the idea of the starving artist the broke artist people you know have the idea that somehow there's nobility in being broke I had that a lot a long time yeah. other people have challenges thinking money is the root of all evil and all kinds of religious associations can you talk a bit about money and abundance and your business and what you do totally
1: uh, I I definitely ha- had those ideas of, of you know Poverty as nobility for a long time. Um, I still have some people who I call friends, even though they're not in my immediate network any any longer, that, that live in that mindset. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it, it, it goes along the lines of, of playing small. You know, like, nobody benefits when we play small. And in the same line, like, nobody, nobody benefits when we're broke. You know, not n- not us, not those around us. I mean, it- it's just it just doesn't make any sense to struggle. Um, you know, when we have trouble covering our own expenses, whether it's our living expenses or you know our our travel or business expenses, you know, when we struggle with that without without looking or seeking a solution, I, I mean, it's it takes up so much of our, our bandwidth, our, our brain space that, that we can't be effective in the roles that we have either chosen or stepped into, right? But when we accept that money is just another tool to to be successful in the, the, the roles that we've chosen or stepped into, there's so much more that's possible. I mean, I think of the some of the most powerful leaders on the planet, you know, some of those positive, powerful leaders, and they, they have loads of money, and they do amazing things with it. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, if, if we're authentic, genuine human beings if at the get-go, a windfall or a steady income that supports our dreams and visions is not going to change that. You know, I, in, in my experience, um, it only allows me to help serve my people more effectively and support the the, the endeavors of, of my artist friends that I, I want to see succeed, you know. Um, abundance, like I said before, m- that mantra, money is coming from everywhere, money is coming from everywhere. Um, one of the one of the exercises that I practice is an abundance journal. Um, my my friend actually coined it my roll of X. It's a spiral uh, index card, and every day I write down all of the things that make me feel abundant, whether it's something that makes me smile or something that makes me feel rich, or um, you know. But it, it's just a, a place where I record on a new sheet every single day all the moments that I feel magic or expansion or you know and it doesn't have to be like well my client paid me today it's more like I saw three puppies in the creek yesterday yes <laughs> it was, you know, or I, I caught the clock at 1-2-3-4 or at 11-11 you know I take a lot of significance in catching moments like that you know so I record all of those moments of abundance and I feel like I'm rewarded with even more moments and and, and the, the numbers, the finances that back that up.
0: I love that, Bex, and I'm going to challenge you, my sacred bombshell Bexico sister, to put together for us so that we people can download from your site maybe a one-sheet print, printable um, roll a uh, that they could, you know, have a one-page abundance journal. I so 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 love that. Mm-hmm. I have one I call my miracles, magic, and mojo journal, where you know I keep track of, you know, the miracles that happen because all kinds mm-hmm. of miracles happen on a daily basis, and that's abundance. Absolutely, it is. If we,
1: you know, and the, and that's I think one of the biggest things is really just that that mindset of being being aware to it because we can we can go through life and even if we are aware to it, we'll notice them. But there's something so different about writing them down in the moment so that at the end of the day, you, you have this log of 5, 10, or 20 different instances where your, your day was full of this. Whereas, you know, if you just keep them in your memory at the end of the day, you might remember two or three of them, you know, and, and you may forget some of the smaller ones. And
0: they're, they're all very important. Yes, and this is the work that, you know, the play or work, however you want to look at it, that when you see positive people like Bex, you know, people, it, it, there are things that she does, practices that come into her life that then shine for her as a human being and as, you know, a spiritpreneur, because how we do anything is how we do everything, right? Absolutely. So, Bex, were there naysayers in your life when you said, you know, I want to build a business around hula hooping? <laughs> what, what, what was the response of the people in your life? And well, when did you declare that? When, because you're a lifelong dancer. When did you declare that? Well, I love this question
1: because um, I stopped dancing, actually, for seven years. Uh, when I was entering undergrad, I was exploring all these different creative uh, you know, creative paths that I could go down, and you know, I, I want to say that I, there weren't any naysayers because I'm so strong-willed that people around me know not to tell me no. But um, I will say though that that my parents did steer me lovingly but very convincingly towards a more practical uh, course of study in my undergraduate um, degree, and you know, and at this point, like I don't, I don't think that. That was really them saying no. I think that they were lovingly trying to set me up for success, and the the evolution of my business it just kind of it really just kind of unfolded. I mean, I I did study communications and I moved to New York with a communications uh, job, but um, at that point I had begun dancing again and was so passionate about movement. I couldn't sit still. At work, I could I like had to turn cartwheels and go out into the hallway, run up and down the stairs, and um, and at that around that time I was entering my Pilates training, and by the time I decided that I wanted to be a hula hoop teacher, I was already uh, I had already left my marketing job and I was already working as a full time Pilates instructor, so it it kind of felt like a natural progression for me to pick up the hoop in a teaching role. Um, but I did. Have, I had self-doubt issues. I, I contacted my friend who was already a teacher in the city, and I was like, hey, I don't want to step on any toes. And he was like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, just do it. Like, you're going to be amazing. You know, so, um, I, but, yeah, and even with this, this new direction that I'm looking at, you know, nobody's really telling me no. I think that there are... People very very close to me that express their concern and want to make sure that I'm uh, doing my research and that I'm uh, you know really confident about my decision. But I think people are smarter than to tell me no.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they are too. You don't look like a girl that you know <laughs> is easily like blowing where the wind goes. <laughs> so that's great. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. And so, what is your current? business model that this is such a comfortable question for a conversation that men have easily but when it comes to women us just saying okay well how did you build what's the brass tacks of your business what does it look like you know for some reason it's an awkward conversation what's your current business model
1: yeah I mean I I don't necessarily have any awkwardness around it Um, I will say that it's changed drastically since I left New York And I didn't. I don't know that when I made that decision, I fully uh, embraced the the enormity of that decision. Um, But these days, now that I'm in a new location, um, I have a couple of private clients that I see in their home each week. Um, I teach a couple of classes at the local university, and then. I also am completing production on a hoop teacher training that I've been working on for about a year. It's called More Badass in Your Class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then I'm also just starting to uh, work on a free online event for this um, for this new idea that I'm just started building. You know, it's um, but my business model. Like I, I, I work about forty hours a week. Um, well, I, I, I schedule about 40 hours a week, but I schedule part of that is my own movement practice, part of that, that is my, um, my lunch time. I schedule that, and I consider that my 40-hour work week. Um, I also schedule in breaks and, and spontaneity, but um, but yeah, most of it is is comprised, of, it's, it's about half and half, comprised of teaching live local folks. Um, I do have a couple of distance clients that I see via Skype. Um, and, and then the video production on the teacher training and and lots of networking about um, uh, for my interview series coming up.
0: Very cool and your when you were in New York you had a space right you had your own sense of motion as your brand and you had a sense of motion space is that correct? I didn't have my own studio I, I had um, an in-home studio Okay.
1: And I rented spaces in New York um, to save on overhead, and you know, for a long time, I was just like, I, I wasn't, I just wasn't convinced that I wanted my own movement space, movement studio. You know, so I worked around that quite a bit. I rented spaces in um, two or three different locations, uh, but over the course of you know five or six years, those really became my 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 flagship spaces. And then in the last year and a half that I was in New York, I had this gorgeous 1,000 square foot warehouse apartment with hardwood floors that I could fit like five hoopers in there
0: and do a Pilates class of four people. So that was really, that was a really special setup. That sounds amazing and I know that you do retreats as well so will the new, the badass training, will that be online or an in-person thing or a combination? It is uh, More Badass in Your Class is internet-based.
1: It is online, and it's actually live, and it's already underway. I've got about, uh, I don't know, two or three dozen students who are going through the, the coursework material. Um, but they, I, I absolutely love working with people in person, and I know that
0: there will be live events coming coming through that soon. Okay, very cool, badass in your class. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Bex, now I'm going to ask you if you could please share with us a story of spiritpreneur self sabotage from your private, uh, personal archives. Sure. Well, you know,
1: when you when you asked me that question, I really like I really had to rack my brain, and and I and I and I, and I, I realized why I think at this point. Um, but the 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 story that's most front of mind I think was my decision to leave New York City and for a long time I've been in Colorado now for just about a year and a half and for a very long time I I think I had these subconscious feelings or just under the surface feelings that that was like just the most self-sabotaging move that I could do for my business because I had in New York I had a full roster of clients I was teaching four hoop classes a week. Um, I I was making money. I was self-sustaining. It was it was fantastic, uh, or so I thought. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and coming out to Colorado, you know, I felt like this enormous wall to climb about setting up my business here, and you know, finding my clientele, and you know, setting up my my classes and I just I felt this enormous pressure and I I was just like why on earth did I leave you know it was just like kind of second guessing all those reasons that I had for leaving the city and now a year and a half out I I realized that what I thought was self sabotage was actually self preservation that I I I I knew you know it's funny, because like I knew that it was time to go, but then once I was gone, I was like, What the F did I do? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But now but now that I've had a little bit of time and space, I realize that my business was was thriving, but it it didn't have a lot of room to grow. You know, it, it I think that it was sort of in a contained model that had I kept on going like that for however many years, i have reached burnout. And coming out to Colorado, I realized that that was the biggest act of self-preservation that I could have done for myself. Um, and it's afforded me this this just a, an expansion of thought as, as far as my business is concerned, as far as, like, what's possible and... Who, you know who i want to talk to and and how i want to accomplish things and so i for me personally i think that self-sabotage is kind of a, a tricky a tricky label you know because i think we struggle so much with making decisions in the first place that for for me in my experience i have to i have to make a decision and be confident about it and once I've pointed myself in the direction of that decision, I I feel like I can't fail, you know, because I've made the decision, I've pointed myself in that direction, and I'm gonna land on my feet no matter what, you know. So I I always, and you know, and all the other examples of of self sabotage that I went through in my brain, I just kept on thinking, well, I landed on my feet and everything worked out okay. So I, you know, I I. I would just, you know, just caution people, you know, that might be getting stuck in that that that, um, that habit of, of questioning their decisions, you know, and and allowing the decision making process to be fun and exciting and an, an opportunity for people to, to rise to the occasion and be quick and um, you know, point yourself and move forward. So that we can get through that that indecisiveness that I think holds us back, and um, and reframe the self sabotage into, um, you know, well,
0: how 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 am I going to come out of this one? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing such an intimate. Uh, personal story with us I think that a lot of people will be enriched by your journey in that way and the way that you shared that and most of the time that things do work out well That everything you know if we everything is happening for us and eventually you know sometimes there is that lesson or things I find end up being better than maybe we had anticipated had they gone the way that we would have wanted them to go you know, and so there are all kinds of magical things at play. Absolutely. I, I would also, now I'm going to make a big assumption here, Bex. I assume that as a dancer and as a wellness guru that you are disciplined by nature to have to have learned those practices. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. I would assume. I love that the
1: assumption. Yes. I love the assumption, but... I'm- Discipline is a practice, I, you know, I, I don't know too many people that, that are disciplined by nature, you know, I think, and, and maybe that's the people that I surround myself with, but um, for me, discipline is definitely a practice. Um, I have, I was an emotional eater, I've struggled with body image issues for most of my life, um, I quit dancing for seven years to uh, explore lots of artistic uh, endeavors but also to kind of um, get, I don't know, I was stuck in, in body issues. So, so returning to dance for me was a gift of, of self-preservation and um, almost like a, a dare, like okay well how fit can you get or like how, how strong can you be? You know, and um, but I'm I'm <laughs> I like to be lazy. <laughs> I do love to dance, but um but yeah, I mean I, I can definitely get, get stuck in my, my ways. I actually I don't know if you knew this, but I, I don't know if you can see that, but I have the word discipline tattooed on my right arm. So ah, that okay. I can remember to be to be disciplined and that it could inspire me
0: that, you know, The discipline is a gift. It's a gift to yourself. That is an awesome way of looking at it that I actually because I also had challenges with body image and um, food issues as you said and emotional eating and I had to reframe the way that I was looking at discipline you know because it can have very unhealthy anything taken to an extreme can have very unhealthy um, things about it and I reframed it as uh bliscipline is uh-huh. what I call it in the sacred bombshell handbook of self-love approaching things with bliscipline instead how do you deal with procrastination is that something that you deal with Sure, I love I love
1: bliscipline if I had known you 10 years ago I would have had that tattooed in my arm <laughs> yeah it's not too late Bex It's not... <laughs> <laughs> the other arm <laughs> oh gosh procrastination yeah that's a tricky one um well, again, procrastination, I, I, I think, is the, the activity that is, is, result, or is the result of an emotion. And so I try to look at what emotion is causing my procrastination. And for me, a lot of times, it's overwhelm. Um, I will be looking at a, I'll be facing down a project, and I'll be, I'll be just so overwhelmed with the enormity of it. Because, you know, I, in, in a, in, I try not to be, but I know that parts of me are type A and I for some reason I look at a big project and like I I think I have to do it in one sitting and I know a lot of people experience that and, and even if we rationally know that that's not possible we you know we need to get in the zone and we need to stay in the zone until it's done and you know for a long time if I didn't have five or six hours of my day set aside for that one thing then I wouldn't do it because I needed to you know be in the zone but but then it would never get done, because I would just keep putting it off and pe- keep putting it off. Um, so I, I deal with procrastination. Like I said, I try to peel it back. I try to look at what what's the root of it. And more often than not, in my experience, it's overwhelm. And then I'll look at the project, and I'll, I'll try to just break it down into... The most micro bits as possible. Um, I'm a big fan of structure after having not been a big fan of structure for a very long time, but I'm a big fan of blocking out my calendar in Google Calendar in just like two hour blocks. I block in, like I said before, I block in, you know, an hour for lunch, and you know, I block in some spontaneity and some walks, but I block in two hours of working time. And as I go through the week, I fill in. What project that I'm working on, and I'll just work on it for two hours at a time. If I'm on a deadline, you know, I'll maybe make it a three-hour block, or I'll jump back in in a two-hour afternoon block. Um, but I, I try to be really realistic and loving with myself, with my expectations in what I can get done in a day, in what I can get done in two hours, and you know there's so many times where I'm filling in that calendar and I'd be like I'm totally under scheduling like I'm not I I'm gonna have so much leftover time from this but then something will come up or you know this this email takes a lot longer or you know I, so things come up and and I, I really just try to be as um, like I said just as loving with myself and I, I just know that I can only accomplish so much and um, oh, and then there's this oh, this beautiful quote that a sister friend of mine gave to me, and I think it's a Ram Dass quote. She said, um, "Oh, he said, the the snake sheds its skin in the amount of time that it takes to shed its skin." Mm-hmm. And I think that that applies for the changes that we go through in life, and also the work we have to do. It takes the time that it takes, you know, and if if you have to set a deadline, then be compassionate with that deadline. Make sure that you're giving yourself reasonable time to get this task done. You know. Try you know, you're not gonna rip the skin off the sink
0: yeah i love that you said that that was so beautiful bex and i i also enjoy the fact that you schedule your spontaneity that it's important to put you on the calendar it's true you know and it shifts around i mean the, the idea is that
1: like all of my hours in the day are accounted for but if spontaneity happens earlier in the day then i i'll shift it around you know but i i allow for that time because things come up we can't we can't schedule every moment of our day, but we can, we can do our best to give ourselves a guideline. And that, for me, helps so much with procrastination, with overwhelm, all of those things
0: well said thank you for sharing that well your motto on your site is it says sense of motion is your oasis for joyful wellness through movement okay. alright so let's talk let's get it let's have some some juicy uh, conversation about your marketing promotion and advertising as a spiritpreneur. how do you get the word out a lot of people are you know maybe yoginis like you or have some sort of a physical business or services how do how do you get the Word out. Sure, uh, lots of different ways, um, as many ways as possible. Um,
1: I, well, when my when my business was primarily locally based in New York, I uh, I spent a lot of time um, out in the public with my hula hoop, either by myself or with hundreds of hoopers by my side. One of the biggest um, promotional events that I would do each year was organize. Um, produce, choreograph a big group hoop performance at um, either one or multiple New York events a year. I feel like I've seen that. I'm like, that was you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <It's> Possible. <laughs> we've been in the New York City Dance Parade. We've been at the Figment Festival. Um, we performed for Shashama. My group has done quite a bit, and my my group is, is not necessarily. You know, I, I would open those performances up to any hula hooper who wanted to be a part of it, regardless of their age, their skill. The choreography that I made had different levels, so you could be like a basic dancer or you could be an intermediate, you could be a rock star hula hooper and have your own, you know, level of performing. Um, and I got so many new students from that because they would see it. They'd see this big sea of hula hoopers performing, and they would they'd naturally be curious. They'd be very interested in getting involved. Um, and then of course I'd shoot a video of the performance, so that would go online, and people would see that, and I'd get more more business from that. Um, I teach at um, hula hoop workshop hula hoop uh, events around the country there are a number of different hula hoop uh, festivals and retreats that I have spent the last four or five years teaching at I've taught both um, hula hoop dance technique and also self-care for hula hoopers, kind of drawing in my Pilates knowledge and teaching teaching the hula hoopers how to how to take care of their bodies um, and now now that I'm out here and I'm, I'm working on this online teacher training and and I'm working on this this um, teleseminar, I'm I'm really focusing on partnerships. I think that um, you know, for a long time in my business, I was a solo ship, and I felt like I had to do everything myself. And what I've what I've learned, especially in the last two or three years, is that our our tribe, you know, is is really where our our worth is, and our our you know, the the potential of our business and the potential of um, new ideas. So I'm I've been focusing on not just Hulu Hoop teachers but other other movement teachers, connecting with them, finding out what projects they're working on, finding out what are the things that are important to them, and then in some way offering them a service or offering them an idea or offering them a, a tool that's been helpful to me and, and you know just developing some kind of relationship with them so that even if nothing comes out of it at, the, at, at that onset there's there's a, a relationship down the road where you know something might come up and I might think of somebody and be oh this would be perfect to work with so-and- so on you know and then that other person has their whole network of followers their whole their whole army um, like my army mm-hmm. Um and it's just I um, and I think that that's a really important tool for
0: not only um, internet-based businesses but also locally based businesses as well I think that you are so spot on with that and one of the things if this is not already a part of your business model given that I would suggest that maybe you become this uh, hub and clearinghouse as you already are for hula hoop dancing and on your site maybe you can specify local people so that anyone if I'm in you know Mozambique and I want to find the local hula hooping lesson that I can then come to your site and find out who my local person is, my local dancer and so that might be another way of you becoming this central uh, voice and for the unity of unification of all of your hula hoop sisters. (laughs) Definitely, definitely, yeah. Well creative people are my original tribe and I, I have an MFA actually so you know one of the things that I found with my creative brothers and sisters is that many creative folks, artists, dancers, actors, writers, don't think of themselves as business people. Mm-hmm. Bex, did you always think of yourself as a business person? And what's your advice for other creatives and artists who want to create a business? Great question.
1: Um, I think I have actually always thought of myself as a business person just because I'm so fiercely independent. And um, and and I also had that experience of of my, my parents lovingly steering me towards practicality. So I had I had that in my brain that like I always had to take care of my own butt, you know. Um, but then there was also this really strong desire of mine not to work for anybody else. And um, so I I think I have I have always thought of myself as a business person, but. What I realize now, I've I've been in business um, since 2003, and I'd say independently in business since 2007, Um, what I realize now, though, is that my model of business up to that point, or up to this point, or up to maybe a year or two ago, uh, was just good enough. You know, it was was almost like playing business. Mm. And... As of maybe a year and a half, two years ago, I've, I've sort of shifted my, my business idea of what, what I want my business to be and what's possible. So I think it's an ever-evolving thing. Um, and my advice to anybody, an artist who is interested in, in getting into their own business practice, my advice would be uh, network your booty off <laughs> you know I mean and that doesn't you know there's there's like sort of a stigma around networking like business suits and and shaking hands and whatnot but for me in my in my experience and my perception of networking its it's doing passion research you know like just going into an internet hole and finding all the people that you are loving what they're doing and loving their message and loving their mission and finding out more about them and then reaching out to them and asking them questions and you know again maybe offering them an idea or something that like you can help them with or you know but but getting getting into their getting on their radar in some way even if it's just to ask a question or you know could I have 15 minutes of your time on a phone call I really love your mission and message I'm trying to get into this kind of work would you mind you know and different people will respond differently to that, but I think that the more connections you have and the more um, the more people you have on your side when you're starting a business as an artist, the, the more successful you'll be because you'll have people who've been through these experiences. And if you if you begin those relationships at the onset, then when you when you face a challenge, you might have further developed a relationship. You might be able to call on one of these people. To um to
0: talk you through something. Well said, well said, and I would also add to that and get some get some business education, get some coaching, get go to a program. That's why I'm creating my you know Sacred Business Academy and you know be become the guru classes. There are tons of coaches that you know I like to say all good coaches have good coaches if you have coaches. So you know if. Oprah needs producers to help her to do what she's going to do. Why would you think as a solopreneur that you've gotta go it all alone, you know? And I,
1: would, I would absolutely add that, that um that, that shift that I was talking about that you know, where I was thinking of you know, my previous setup is playing business, the big component that has made me, you know, look at my business differently and see what's possible is hiring a business coach. And I I absolutely agree with
0: you. That's one of the best things that I've ever done for my business. Excellent. Excellent. Me too. So, Bex, were you always so bubbly, happy, and high energy? It's fun to ask you this question because people ask me this all the time. I bet they do. (laughs) And what do you do, you know, were you always this bubbly? And what do you do when you feel anxious or sad or depressed or scared? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, well, I have been always this bubbly. <laughs> I think, I think I have a, I have a dark side too, for sure. But um, my, my public self is definitely very bubbly and very bright. Um, as a leader, you know, I think that that's um, a requirement. But it's also, it comes very naturally to me. Um, but yeah, I absolutely suffer with depression and anxiety and. Um, I had a, a health issue in 2012 that really shifted my whole mindset. Um, I became much more sensitive to my environment around me. I became more sensitive to the people around me and the, the, the intake of messages and, and, and I was suffering depression and I was suffering anxiety and um, this is one of the things that kind of led me to the decision of leaving New York and that was a really really hard decision. Um, because I, New York was my, my love, like, my huge love. Um, but recognizing that it was not making my mental health better, like I had kind of fallen out of love with it, and, and rather than staying in it, it felt like I was, you know, if you're in a, in a relationship that's not working, it just kind of felt like that. Like it was working so great for so long, and then it just shifted, and then I was like, Okay, rather than wishing this was different, I, I think I need to remove myself. So, um, moving to Colorado was a big thing because now I can um, more easily access nature. Um, I can more easily access sunshine uh, 300 days of the year. <laughs> um, and I'm not knocking New York at all because last year, gosh, I, I came back to New York about seven times. So, <laughs> not knocking New York at all. Um, but I, when I get into a space of anxiety or, or depression or, um, I try to lay off the technology. I'll, uh, either set, like, if, you know, if I'm busy or something, I'll, I'll set, like, a 30-minute time time zone where I'm techno- technology-free. No phone, no computer, even music. Sometimes I'll even, like, leave that out. Um, I try to get into nature, um... I make sure that I get two days off a week. Um, I didn't do that for a long time. I, I worked for six days a week a lot even though they, you know some of them were short days but um, now for me having two days off in a row fully and completely is vital to my mental health. Um, spending time with my man is hugely important because we he's super busy with his work and I'm super busy with my work and we have to make sure that we have that we make time for each other that's fully present and connected. Um, uh, And I think that the other thing that really helps me through moments of anxiety and and depression or or those feelings is is being in spirit of gratitude. Um, And that's where that's where my little abundance journal comes in really well um i it's funny cuz like it's funny how like my my body has shifted so much in, in in time and how how things that never triggered me before will be a trigger for me now for some reason like a a, a big group of people at a at a show or something you know so I'll, I'll pull out my book and i'll just start writing down the things that make me feel really expansive in
0: moments where i'm feeling really constricted Oh, I think that that is a really great tool, very important tool that you shared there uh, throughout, but particularly at the end because a lot of a lot of people have issues. I know that I'm one of them with anxiety, with social anxiety, social issues, and so you know, being able. Can you expand on that? Taking out your notebook and oh, definitely. Yeah, um, I. It was almost
1: unconsciously like two weeks ago I was at an event and it was it was a fun event it was daytime it was outdoor music there were events you know and I was there with some friends and um, you know I got separated that with them from them for a moment and um, i i and I found myself just like in the middle of this huge crowd and it was loud and like I just I'm sensitive to those things now, and and I was just feeling shortness of breath, and you know, and not that I get panic attacks, but I definitely feel anxiety. Um, and I knew that I had the power to take the situation into my own hands. So I I worked myself out of the crowd and got into an open space, and I took out my little book and I just started writing down the things that I had seen that day that made me smile or the things that made me feel rich. Like I bumped into somebody that I knew earlier that day, five minutes after a conversation about running into people we know. You know, so I wrote that down, like that made me feel really expansive. And before I knew it, I wasn't feeling anxious anymore. In fact, a gentleman came up and started talking to me. I think he might have been hitting on me, but I'm, I'm engaged, so it doesn't even really <laughs>
0: register anymore. But <laughs>
1: So you know it's funny how just turning you know recognizing it and then having a tool at your at your disposal to to practice can really just shift things for you in in ways that you know you just you, you don't expect.
0: That's a wonderful tool and practice. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I want now to for us to talk about your new direction, Bex. Uh, this is very exciting. You have a an event that you 're putting together called Hone your heart magnet secrets to being authentically irresistible and attract your divine soulmate. Yeah. I one of I am the uh, an a love advice columnist for Essence, uh, which is uh, the biggest African American magazine for women. And I have to tell you, I just watched a I watched a video of you getting proposed to people. This is the video that I'm going to post at mm-hmm. facebookcom TV. It was breathtakingly beautiful I was crying yes I was totally crying tell us about this new direction and just thank you for sharing the love that is going on with you with all of us with that video absolutely thank you well the video um, Well, I mentioned before that
1: these very large hula hoop performances were part of my marketing plan to um, support my classes and um, So I I went back to New York to throw, to have another big hoop dance. Um, Not because I was promoting classes in New York, but just I had so many people interested. I was already on the East Coast, so I was just going to do it anyway. Um, And my man surprised me at the end of my performance. Um, (laughs) Yay for good men! (laughs) Amazing men. He came out and he had communicated with my rehearsal director. So all of my hoopers knew. All of the people there to photograph and video the dance knew about this. Everybody was in on About About 100 people knew about it, and I didn't. They're great um, keep- secret keepers all over. Very, very good secret keepers. Um, but yeah, that's, and I, I, the way, oh, god. It's just, it's so mind-blowing because it's so it's almost too good to be true, Abiola, I'm telling you. It's... He proposed to me at the end of this dance four years ago when I produced my first big group performance. I had met him a week before we were supposed to perform. And on our first date, sight scene, he was a videographer at the time, he said, do you have anybody shooting your, your dance? And I was like, no. And he offered to shoot my dance on our first date, sight scene. So then, of course, a week later, I'm there with 50 of my hula hoopers. We're performing. He's there with his camera crew shooting. And the two songs that I had put together months ago, I, I'm dancing this piece, and I'm realizing that this this these music music songs are, it's a love story. And I'm dancing, and the music switches into the second song, and I realize, oh, my God. This love story is my own. I wrote my own love story. And here's this man you know, he's entered my life and then and I've invited all of my people here to welcome him into my life. And the name of the piece was called Hello. So just all of the all of the magic that surrounded our coming together spilled into all the magic that that surrounded us getting to know one another. We have so many things in common all these little things and all these big things and, um, and just so much serendipity and I just the, the things that I feel about our relationship and the things that I see in other couples that I know they have this kind of love I just I'm so inspired by all of that to share with other women that it's possible that kind of love exists. It's out there and women can have it. Those men exist and it it, it, it breaks, it makes my heart cry when I see friends of mine or other women in, in their 30s and 40s and they're in relationships that don't make them happy and there are a number of reasons why they stay in those relationships and I think that you know well this is how it is is one of those reasons and so I'm making it my mission to spread the word that it is totally possible to have divine love to find a divine soulmate and the work just it just starts with a little bit of work you know and that's that's where the authentically irresistible bit comes in
0: Well, this new direction, you were just made for this, and I know that it's going to be incredibly successful for you. Oh, so just thank you for offering it to us. As we are uh, moving toward the end of our dialogue today, I want to ask you what the best advice that you've ever received is, Bex. Best advice you've ever received. Totally. Uh,
1: the best advice I've ever received was a book recommendation, actually. I had a fabulous friend of mine tell me this is about the time when I was leaving my full-time job and, and trying to pursue Pilates teaching as a full-time gig. He said, you've got to read the book, feel the fear, and do it anyway. And not only that piece of advice, but all the advice in that book changed my life, for sure. Feel the fear and do it anyway. It's a book by Susan Jeffers, and I'm actually reading another one of her books right now, which is uh,
0: Living with Uncertainty.
1: <laughs> because nothing is ever nothing is ever certain. Nothing is ever the same, you know. And I didn't know
0: always... about that other book. I'm gonna have to check that out. Living with Uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and there's there's always
1: uncertainty. There's always fear, and I think that we're successful when we're able to deal with that fear, when we're able to, you know, like we talked about before, honor it, talk to it, recognize what it's trying to show us in our life, and then, and then dismiss it. Thank it for its, its job, thank it for its role in our life, and then dismiss it.
0: Well said. Well said. I, I just this has been such a juicy conversation. Someone was saying that she was having Petal uh, M having issues with viewing our conversation on MacBook. You can also this will be archived on YouTube, and you can also find it if you subscribe at i on iTunes. Just type my name into iTunes, and this will come up, and you'll be able to find uh, Bex and this incredible conversation there. And so Bex. I define a sacred bombshell as a woman who loves, honors, and cherishes herself in mind, body, and spirit. Given this definition, Bex, what makes you a sacred bombshell? Oh, I love that definition,
1: um, and the and the way that I answer it, I think of the I think of the ways that I cherish my mind, and the way that I cherish my mind is that I make decisions. I try my hardest not to get stuck in the indecisive space but to make a decision and point myself in that direction and move forward Um, I cherish my body I move my body every single day and I think that daily movement is one of the greatest gifts that we can afford ourselves for our lifelong mobility Um, I cherish my spirit I follow my heart I follow my bliss even when I feel like I'm jumping off cliffs and, and leaping out into the into the, the, the nothing, you know, I, I know I I believe that my spirit
0: has got me and I have faith and I trust and follow it. I that that is just such a we've gotta put that as like one of the new mantras for Spiritpreneur School. I believe that my spirit has got me. Yes. <laughs> so So please tell uh, the Sacred Bombshell Tribe and the Mexicans where they can find you and how they can become involved with the future, the irresistible love magnet uh, training that's coming up. Definitely. Uh, HoneYourHeartMagnet.com will go live next month.
1: So we can either be on the lookout for that or right now you can find me at SenseOfMotion.com and I have um, a lovely love letter that goes out twice a month. That's letters from Mexico. And I share um, different videos of movement, stretch, strength, and wellness tips. Um, And I'll also be sharing information on Hone Your Heart Magnet. That will be a 21-day interview series coming up in June. And that will be shared on my Sense of Motion newsletter as well. My YouTube channel is also Sense of Motion, so if you want to go straight to the YouTube, you can find the engagement video, you can find tons of hula hooping videos, both just solo me or me and my big groups, as well as my Brain Body Bliss
0: playlist of wellness tips. Beautiful, and they can play with you also at Sense of Motion on Twitter and Facebook as well, right? And I would
1: say that I'm, I'm definitely playing on Instagram at, senseofmotion.com, or at Sense of Motion. A little bit more than Twitter. I'm on Twitter, but you'll find me you can play a little bit
0: more uh, with me on Instagram. Wonderful. Well thank you so much, Bex, for this juicy sacred bombshell spiritpreneur conversation. Uh-huh. I, I know that all of the business bombshells are now Bexicans, as am I. So <laughs> <Woo-woo. laughs> <laughs> thank you, so so much much. Bex. Yes, thank you so much. And for those of you who enjoyed this conversation and want to put these Spiritpreneur practices into your own life, I am giving away, if you go to OwnYourBombshell.com, the Sacred Bombshell Spiritpreneur Success Blueprint. How to take your self-love to self-launch, get your mission, message, and movement. And your magic into the world and make an impact. Thank you so much for watching and playing with us today. We will see you out in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste, everyone. Thank you for watching. The Sacred Bombshell in Me sees, honors, accepts, and adores the Sacred Bombshell in You. Bye. Woohoo.